Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And now, ladies and gentlemen, this is Learn to Kick Fear with Low. Take action. Learn how internet marketers, real estate investors, and other entrepreneurs are overcoming their fears and making it happen and being successful. You know she's got the 411. It's time to kick those fears to the curb with Low right now. Right now. Right now. Well, hello, hello, everyone. Thank you, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Learning to Kick Fear to the Curb with your girl, with me, with Lo. Uh, I am really, really excited about the guest that I have today. Uh, but before I bring her on, I just want to say, wow, uh, what an incredible first quarter of 2014. We're, we're pretty much almost at the end of the first quarter. And I just want to know, what have you been doing to take action? What's been going on in your business? Are you on track to obtain your goals? What have you been doing? I would absolutely love to hear from you. Uh, so make sure that you send an email to me directly. Send it to support.heartstone, that's H-A-R-R-T-S-T-O-N-E, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what's been going on uh, in your world of entrepreneurship and things that you've done uh, to take action and, and maybe see some, uh, some success and progress. And I want to talk a little bit about our guest, none other than Miss Cherie Warwick. She is a national speaker, expert, and the author of the book, Creating Business Plans That Actually Get Financed. Cherie Warwick wrote the book for business owners to use as a handbook for creating business plans that banks, angel investors, and venture venture capitals actually put money into. Her strategies are praised by numerous angel investors and commercial bankers, including Barbara Corkin of the hit TV show Shark Tank. I'm sure you all are familiar with that show, great show, as well as Valerie Gatos, the founder of the Angel Venture Forum. If you have a great business and you're looking to raise capital, you do not want to miss this interview. And again, I'm very excited to have Cherie, and without any further delay, I just want to say, Cherie, welcome. Thank you, Lo. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, and I appreciate you taking the time to to talk to us and and just kind of share your expertise and just things that you're doing and things that you've done. 
um, to, to really make an impact in, in, in the world of business owners and entrepreneurs by helping them get money. Thank you. And can I answer the question that you asked the audience in terms of what have you been doing for the first quarter of 2014? Absolutely. Well, uh, this month is March, and I've been doing a March marketing madness in my office. So we've been doing direct mail, and we've been doing all sorts of uh, preparation for publicity over the next couple of months. So we have really been hitting the ground running. We also got Infusionsoft set up for our office in February. So um, one of the things that I, I believe that entrepreneurs try to do is they try to do too much instead of having one big major focus and say, okay, how are we going to to hit this goal? Um, so I just I I was inspired by your question and I I just wanted to answer that for the world. Well, I'm so glad that you did, and uh, it's great that it sounds like you guys have definitely been hitting your goals. And for someone that is used to and an expert at strategic planning. Uh, sounds like that you're you're definitely in you and your 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 group your team is doing very good for the first quarter. Yes, yes, we are. I'm very happy. Well, so tell us how did you become an expert in the area of writing business plans to raise capital? Well, um, I actually am an entrepreneur. I have a family business with my mother who owns a bookkeeping company in uh, Northern Virginia, and. We started the company about seven, eight years ago, and about three years into the business, my mother decided that she wanted to get a business loan in order to grow our company. So she said to me, well, you have a master's degree in business. I paid all that money for your education. You write the business plan. And I was put into a situation where while I had written a business plan for class, I had never written one for a bank. I certainly did not want to um, let my family down. And I did what I could in terms of pulling together information from the SBA and from Google and Amazon. But one of the things that it didn't really tell me, no, no resource told me was, what is the bank actually looking for within this business plan to get them to say yes? Well, I did what I could. I put together a, a draft, and I gave it to a mentor of mine that had 40 years' experience of raising capital and running businesses. And he said, make these tweaks and send it in. And the bank said it was one of the best business plans they had ever read. Wow. So after that, low, I just became interested in why certain entrepreneurs can have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars thrown at them continuously, business after business, and most of us can't raise two nickels. And I interviewed people. I spoke with angel investors and commercial bankers and entrepreneurs that received uh, money and entrepreneurs that didn't receive money. And I ended up writing this book for fellow entrepreneurs, creating business plans that actually get financed because I felt like this is a story that it's an evergreen skill meaning that it's something that every entrepreneur at some point should know how to do in order to move their business to the next level. Absolutely. And I'm in the process of reading it. I haven't had a chance to finish it, but it's absolutely fantastic. And it's just what we need, um, you, know, with, you know, with my business, being a small business, and we're looking to, to grow and do other things and where we will need capital uh, in the near future, um, it's it's just right on time. 
now, I know a lot of people have said this to me, um, and maybe you can straighten this out, but, you know, we've heard that banks aren't really lending maybe like they used to now, or is that true? Well, the banks have tightened up in terms of lending, in terms of what they're looking for. However, over the past five years on average, banks have still lent $200 billion per year to small businesses. Now, those are business loans under a million dollars each, so they typically go to small businesses. So, for example, Coca-Cola is not looking for a million-dollar loan. Um, So with that, if $200 billion is, uh, even in the worst years of of 2009, 2010, per year are going to businesses, somebody's getting capital. Right. And, and, And for many of us, if you look at the statistics, only about 28% of businesses that um, place an application in with the bank actually gets approved. And there are reasons why. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, and this is, these are the myths that I really am looking to break because sometimes we submit business bank loans and we shouldn't be. We should be going after angel capital instead. Because we don't have certain things within our loan package that would get them to say yes. So, again, this is a game, and I really am looking to educate people on this process. Well, quick question, really quickly. Now, explain to everyone that's listening, what's the difference between angel capital and actually a business loan? Oh, okay. Well, a business loan is from a commercial bank, whether it's a credit union or a, a regular bank that you see, and they want their money paid back every single month, month after month after month. An angel investor is somebody who's willing to forego having that monthly payment in exchange for getting a big payout on the back end. That's one way that they can get paid back. Now, there are some angels that will give you a loan and you can pay them back month after month, but most people are looking to angels to put money into their company and not have to pay them back for two, three, five years until they're able to cash out. The second uh, difference is if you do not have great credit or great collateral, angel investors are the way to go. No bank is going to loan to you if you you don't have a good credit score and if you don't have enough collateral for that loan. Correct. Very good. Thank you so much for breaking that down. Um, mm-hmm. how, much money, how much money is actually being invested in small startup businesses on an annual basis? Well, I will say this. Startups, pure startups, if you've never made a sale, you will not raise money. It's practically 99.9%. You will not raise a dime. However, if you've made sales, even if you aren't profitable yet, you can still get capital. Oh. Um, with with that, last year $228 billion was placed into small, what we call early stage companies and small businesses, $228 billion. Wow. So, mm-hmm. And again, a lot of that, um, some of that is also angel capital as well, being placed into small businesses so that they can grow and expand. Yeah. 
Okay, awesome. And why is it important for us as entrepreneurs to understand how to raise capital? Well, because if you're in business long enough, there's going to come a point when you will need to raise capital for one of two reasons. Number one, you may be going through a slow season, um, and that happens. You know, we were just in the um, the worst winter storm um, <laughs> in the last, I don't know how many years, in, in on the East Coast. And one of the things that's happened is, you know, banks have, sorry, um, entrepreneurs have had issues with revenues over the past couple of months. So sometimes you need a loan just to tie you over with payroll and with other expenses that are coming in. The second, which is what you really should be looking at, is getting a loan or getting angel financing because you've made some sales, but you know that you could grow the company 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times if you had the capital to either do more marketing or get more inventory or for some other purpose. Sometimes you want to hire a specific person, but you need the capital in order to do it. So those yes. are three major reasons why um, I see in my practice, I see companies actually looking for capital. Yes, awesome. Uh, what's the biggest mistake entrepreneurs make when writing the business plans and, and trying to present them you know, to investors that, that you see? That I see, well, I've boiled it down to one primary issue, and it's cloaked in a lot of different reasons. But one primary, the primary reason why you receive a no is because in some sort of way, that institution, whether it's a bank or an angel investor, does not believe they're going to get their money back. And just telling them they're going to get their money back is not satisfying. So let's take banks. Banks want to know that even if you have a bad sales month, even if your son or daughter needs braces and it's going to cost $3,000, that they are still going to get their money every single month. So that's where you see the credit. That's where you see the collateral. That's where they want to make sure that you have enough cash in the bank to cover months where maybe your sales are a little bit down, especially if you have a seasonal month. That's where they want to see enough cash flow within your financial forecast of your business plan to know that every single month they're going to get their payment. Now, awesome. they, I'm sorry? No, no, I said awesome. You, go ahead. Yeah, so for angels, it's the same way. However, instead of credit and collateral, they're looking for how are you going to take my dollar and turn it into $10 or $100 or $1,000, that's part one. And part two is do you have a payback plan for me? And within my book, I have five different ways that people can actually show angels they'll get their money back. But that's the number one complaint that angels have is that we as entrepreneurs do not put a payback plan into our business plans. So I can sure. give you one example if you'd like. Sure, absolutely. Okay. So one example is let's say that you are borrowing $300,000 from an angel in order to grow your company. You may have some credit issues or not enough collateral, but you know over the next three years you will get that rectified. What you do is you go to three bankers and you say, what would I need to do 
in order to get a $300,000 loan from your bank. The bankers are going to tell you, based on our experience, you need to have these things done. And you know that you could do those things in the next three years. You tell the angel and you and you write within your payback plan that we have consulted with these three banks, we know what we need to do, and in three years we are going to cash you out by getting a bank loan and giving you the proceeds from the bank loan in order to cash you out. Now that's one way that you can do it. Okay. Awesome. Um, so... And, and even while you're talking, I'm, I'm making notes myself. I'm kind of jotting some things down because so, it's great information. So with the banks, it's, it's more or less credit collateral cash is where a lot of emphasis and where it really needs to be sharp in the business plan. But for angel investors, it's not necessarily the credit and collateral. They just want to know how they're going to be paid back. Is, is that correct? Is that accurate? To that is accurate. That, that okay. is accurate, yes. Awesome. Now, according and to your you book, use your I was going to say, and you use your business plan in order to prove that you can actually do it. Gotcha. Awesome. Um, according to your book, there are six parts to an in- investable or invincible business plan. What are mm-hmm. they? Okay. Well, part one is proving that you actually have a market opportunity so that there are people in the marketplace that actually want what you have. They're looking for the solution. And you and I are great uh, fans of Rochelle Shaw. So Rochelle Shaw talks about having a target market and a great solution for that target market. And what we're trying to do is prove that there's enough people within that target market that even if you got 2 or 3% of those people to sign on with you and become a client or a customer of yours, you would reach your financial goals. So part two is your customer acquisition and retention plan. Now, some people call it a marketing plan, but I look at it a little bit deeper. I call it a customer acquisition and retention because the investor needs to know that you can attract a prospect, convert them into sales, paying clients, retain them over time, get them to refer. Okay? Mm -hmm. Then part three... And this is the number one reason that business plans are turned down is the team section. So who's on your team? So, for example, let's say that your market opportunity is um, selling desserts for diabetics, let's say. That's one of my case studies that I use, okay? Okay. So we have the clear target market, and you say one of the things we want to do is get into Whole Foods, Well, who's on your team that's actually done that? If you don't have anybody that has any retail experience, you're going to get shot down because the investor is looking at, do I believe that this team can actually pull off this corporate goal? So that's part three. Part four is your competitive advantage. Part five is your financial forecast. You need to show either for the bank that you have enough cash flow or you need to show for the angel investors. um, One big thing is that you will not need to come back to them for more money, that you're asking for enough money in order to reach that goal. 
Um, and then part six is the payback plan for the angel investors themselves. You don't need a payback plan specifically for banks, but you do need one for angel investors. Absolutely. So those are the six and, parts and, to a business plan. Mm-hmm. And yeah. within the book, of uh, course, I, I go deeper. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It, that's great. I was just saying it's fantastic. I, I can't wait to finish the book. Um, now, is it true that investors and banks will say no, even if they think your product is a great idea? And if, you know, why would they do that? Absolutely. They say no all the time to great ideas, and here's the number one reason why. And I just said it a couple of minutes ago when I talked about team. If you say our goal is to get into Whole Foods and you don't have anybody within your team that's ever done it, you're going to get a no. So the question you may be asking, Lo, and everyone that's listening to me is, well, how do I actually get the person that's done it before? Well, there are a couple of different ways. Number one is looking for a consultant who's done it and asking them to give you a proposal so that you can put their cost into your business plan. Number two is actually attracting somebody onto your team that's done it before, which is the other reason why you want an investable business plan, because you are able to attract great team members. So I'd love to give you a story that I heard from um, someone that I know who, in the D.C. area, we have a lot of uh, federal government companies, people who do business with the federal government. And I was speaking with an entrepreneur who said that on her board of advisors was, I think it was an ex-general or somebody like that. And that ex-general walked her into the Pentagon, into the decision maker's office, hand in hand, and said, you need to do business with this woman's company. She would wow. have spent years getting that, getting through that door, whereas the general yeah. was able to just walk her in. The best thing that you can do, however, I should say, however, if she did not have an investable business plan, if she was not able to articulate, this is what our company does, this is our mission, this is our um, great solution, this is how we're going to convert the people that you are introducing us to, and here's how we're going to serve them. If she wasn't able to clearly articulate that, that general would have never joined her board of advisors and would have never brought her in to meet that decision maker. So right. that's so a great a great investable business plan also enables you to get team members that you would normally never be able to get because when you deal with a certain caliber of person, their time is worth so much per hour or per day that they don't want to do business with you unless you're serious. Right. And showing them an investable business plan is a way that you show them that you're serious, that you know what you're doing. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, is it possible for non-tech companies to get money from angel investors? Absolutely, absolutely. So a great example is Carol's Daughter. Uh, If you're familiar with Carol's Daughter, it's a skincare line for African-Americans started by a woman named Lisa Price. Well, Mm -hmm. she's not in tech, but she got angel investment through Will and Jada Smith, and I think Jay-Z put some money into it. Also, if you see Shark Tank, very rarely do they have tech companies on Shark Tank. If you look, they usually have companies that have products on Shark right. Tank. 
Even service companies are able to get money from angel investors. And I think, and Lo, I have no proof of this. This is just based on what I see in the marketplace. I think a lot more non-tech companies get money than tech companies. However, within the media, we only hear about the tech companies because those are the sexier deals versus hearing how a catering company raised $200,000 from its customers. Wow. That's interesting. Um, where can business owners, we, we got, I've got time for a couple more questions. I really want to get these in. Where can business owners find sources of money? Uh, well, the number one thing that I say is sources of money are all around you. So one statistic that I have um, read is that the average angel investor makes $90,000 a year. Okay? Wow. The, yes. So the second thing is don't believe that the person that has the Lexus is the one with the money. Sometimes it's the person driving the Ford <laughs> or Absolutely. the Toyota Camry. That's, that have yeah. the money in the bank. So here's a couple of things you can do. If you have a current list of, com- of customers, ask them. You know, we're looking to grow and expand our company. If you would like to invest in us, let us know. And you'll be surprised. Sometimes, especially if you have uh, uh, customers that see you all the time, you'll have someone say to you, hey, if you ever decide to expand, let me know. I might be interested in helping you with that. Another place, um, and I don't have time to give you all of them, but I'll give you just one more. Uh, If you're looking for angel investors, there are angel investment groups that are all over the country. And if you put in angel investment groups or angel investor groups into Google and your state, you um, should be able to find a few that if they like you and they like what you're doing, it's a group of people that get together and hear pitches. If they like you, they like what you're doing, you have an investable business plan, they'll allow you to come and pitch for their group. Yes. So that's a couple of that's a couple of different ways that people can find capital. And of course banks, banks are all over the place. I will say that if you are getting less than about seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, stay away from the big huge banks. Um, the, okay. the Wells Fargo's and the Capital One, unless you're going for a million dollars or more, um, simply because they have um, limits, minimums bef- that they will consider before looking at your business. So yeah. if you're asking, you know, if you're asking Wells Fargo for fifty thousand dollars, it's not worth their time. So they'll tell you no, and sometimes they won't tell you why they're telling sure. you no. But that's the reason. So for a $50,000 loan or a $100,000 loan, it's better to go to the very small community banks in order to help you with that. Got it. Awesome. Now, how is crowdfunding? You know, we hear a lot about, about crowdfunding. How is crowdfunding changing the game? Well, the President Obama signed a law a couple of years ago allowing companies to um, distribute equity through crowdfunding. So before this, you were not able as a company to distribute equity unless it was either a family friend or or a family member um, or they were an an accredited investor, which was somebody who made over $250,000 a year. 
crowdfunding has changed that because now you as a small business are able to get equity in exchange for capital through these crowdfunding portals. However, I don't advise any company to do that. I really don't because then you're going to have a bunch of people that have stock in your company, and with that comes legal fees and headaches because somebody's calling, you know, they put $1,000 into your company and they want it back. I personally see it's going to be a huge, huge issue. So I tell people, unless you have a product, stay away from crowdfunding. If you have a product, it's better for you to pre-sell um, 100 cupcakes for $50 than it is, you know, than it is to give away stock in your company. Sure. That makes sense. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks, thanks for breaking that down. Now, tell us how entrepreneurs and other readers are responding to your book. Well, I've been getting a lot of praise from, and you said this in your introduction, from angel investors, from bankers, and also entrepreneurs are grateful because it's something that's an easy read, and I I hope that you found that as well. I I say it's a book that can be read by the poolside or the fireside. You know, you can basically flip through it in a couple of evenings and have a gist of, okay, this is how I need to approach this. So I've been receiving great feedback. And, you know, to your your listening audience, I love Amazon reviews. So please, um, once you read the book, yeah. please give me give me an Amazon review and a, hopefully a thumbs up. And, um, you know, because that enables me to spread the word as well. Absolutely. And I can say that so far, so far as I'm, I'm reading it, it, it is a very, it's an easy read. And it's not, you know, it didn't go over your head because I know a lot of times with entrepreneurs and business owners, when you get to business plans and, and just the the overall, you know, everything that it entails, a business plan, that may not be their talent or their expertise. A lot of people just say, ah, you know, it's too much, it's too confusing, or whatever the case may be. But I can say that it is definitely an easy read, very, very uh, well-written, well-written, uh, where you can understand it. So, yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it. And the last question, how can people get a copy of your book? Where can they go? Well, there is a uh, Amazon has my book, so you can definitely go to Amazon and put in creating business plans that actually get financed or my name, um, and it pops up. I also have um, a movement called, and I'd love to tell you about this and then answer your question the second way, um, called One Billion in Financing. So my mission is to help a 1,000 entrepreneurs raise a billion dollars in capital to grow their companies over the next three years, so from 2014 to 2016. And if someone comes to onebillioninfinancing.com, they can purchase the book there. They can also get over two hours of free training on how to set up their investable business plan. Plus, I have tons of interviews that I am uploading now from experts on creating advisory boards to uh, assembling and motivating teams to how to get publicity for your business. So it's going to be a huge resource for people um, within our community, entrepreneurs within our community. So those are the two ways that I would suggest that you actually um, get the book. Absolutely. Fantastic. Cherie, thank you so much. And I will make sure to um, everybody that's listening, if you can write that down or, or whatever, I'll make sure and have that information um, under this particular interview so you can have it. 
Again, go out and support Cherie uh, creating business plans that actually get financed for book. Simply go to Amazon. You can t- uh, um, type in that particular title and pull it up. Purchase it. After you read it, please leave a review, and I'll make sure and definitely do that for you, Cherie, as well. Um, again, thank you so much for your time. Everybody, I just want to leave this with you as you continue to go through your week. Take every chance and drop every fear. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lo.